Welcome back to Momentous Struggle, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. On today's episode, Aubrey and I are going to start taking a look at all the new boxes we're getting this year. Starting with, of course, where Aubrey wants to start the light side because he's rebel scum. So let's go ahead and jump into it. How you doing, Aubrey? Oh man, I know, I know your house is uh, dealing dealing with this too. Uh, I've got two adults sick in my house, and so we're all kind of scrambling, trying to take care of them. But of course, it's it's uh, mom and grandma. So who's the best at taking care of people? It's definitely not me. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's 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 the tis the season to be sick, and I'm I'm just glad that I'm ended up because I, I ended up getting it in my house, and I'm just glad it's right before I got it before LVO because I would have been that would have been miserable to sit there and get it in like the week of LVO and just like probably not have to go or, or and. Because I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be the outbreak monkey of La, the Las Vegas Open. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty of convention crud running around without you adding it to it. So I'm exactly. glad you're. I'm I'm glad if you're going to get it, get it now. That's uh that's always my fear right before big events. I'm like everybody, stay away from me for like the next three weeks. Don't, right, right. Don't don't get me sick. Yeah, no, that's that's the un- unfortunate part, piece of of uh, co- conventions is always getting sick. I used to work for the local co- con here, so it was like it was just okay. It's not if, it's when. When are you going to catch catch con crud? So yeah, yeah, I'm just lucky. Apparently, my flu vaccine is doing what it's supposed to because I have the uh, constitution of a kitten inside a wet paper bag that just got thrown in the river. So. Uh, yeah, it's, usually I get sick if this many people are sick in my house, but apparently I won the lottery. Yeah, I mean, I know you working in a library, you're like constantly always sick. So it's, it's I'm surprised that you have like come out unscathed from the holidays so far. It's it's, it's pretty interesting, pretty, pretty lucky for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The first the first year I worked in libraries, I was sick. Uh, I started in December and I was sick the whole month of January. And because it was a new job. I had to just kind of like do my best to just work through it. So I was constantly like, I'm pretty sure I was actually sick twice that month, but you wouldn't know because it just blended together. Yeah, it was awful. So have you had a chance to do any, any hobbying or any, anything with uh, the game over the last couple of weeks? Uh, so, I mean, I've only gotten the one game in that I talked about on our uh, last episode, uh, but I have been doing the hobby side. Uh, so LVO is coming up oh, They have that casual shatter point uh, event that they're going to be doing and they need and uh, uh, Kenny from Zion's, oh, finest. God, Zion's, Zion's finest. I'm like, I know the names of things. I promise uh, is was looking for terrain. So I'm working on getting mine together. Uh, we, we were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, as long as you don't look at it too closely, Todd, it's it, it'll be fine. It, it'll be fine. I did not, I did not quite realize, despite having done enough minis, just how much time it was gonna take to get paint roughly where I wanted it to be. So it's 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 gonna look it's gonna look a little messy, but hey, it, it'll it'll be painted. It will be ready. It will be good to go. Uh, we're just gonna call it a first draft. How about that? No, that's fair. That's fair. It's it's uh, 
I mean, like I said, it's, it, ultimately we're just wanting to get enough terrain so that people can play the games and have a good time at LVO. I mean, like I said, there's nothing, nothing large coming out of it, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely be up there for that event. Um, primarily going up for MCP, but I'm I'm excited for it. So no, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and kind of just jump into the boxes. It's kind of crazy. I was like looking at them like the first two months of the year, we're getting five boxes i'm like if, if they keep up at this rate we're gonna people are gonna be broke or not be able to keep up so i'm assuming we're gonna slow down because mcp wise they only have one box coming out in the first two months and then i think in march they have a couple other boxes coming out that's when other all their the new mutants come out so i'm assuming they're gonna hit us pretty hard up, up front with these five boxes then maybe we'll have a little bit of a break so at least that's my hope because i don't want to have like th two to three boxes coming out every month i think that'd be just way too much oh yeah i i think this and again just just you know full-on speculation uh i think this is just born out of the fact that they were trying to get these boxes done for the 40th anniversary and then whatever happened from a logistic perspective delayed them and I think they just want to get them out now because they were supposed to have been spread out all over the 40th anniversary year of return of the Jedi. And then that didn't happen. So I, that's at least that's what I assume. Cause please, please AMG do not follow the, the wizards of the coast model of releasing like five things every three months, because that is part of, that is part of why I am joining you all in the tabletop <laughs> community and leaving magic because I, there have been so many releases in the past few months that I have already fallen behind and it's only been six months and I'm, or, I'm already looking at cards every once in a while going, Oh, what's that? Yeah. Oh, I never saw that before. And we're only talking six months of me not paying attention. So, yeah. so please AMG spread it out. So my wallet is not sad. Well, and like product overload. I mean, you can only like, you don't want to get in that position where it's like, Oh, I have this box. I haven't even painted or put it on the table and oh, two or three more boxes have come out. It's, I think that's the bigger piece of it is like, people don't want to be in that position. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be, I mean, the, the pace in which everything came out, I think is going to be great. I know that we have one more, we have Plo Koon and I think we only have like one more Clone Wars because we haven't even seen when Hondo's coming out yet. So, and I so we're definitely going towards the, the year of the, um, rebel the rebels in the year of the galactic civil war for sure yeah yeah i figure i figure we're probably this year i suspect we're just gonna see so everything that was spoiled will probably re be released at some point over like say to the end of this year maybe the beginning of next year and then we'll probably they they, they seem to be way more sedate in their uh, spoiler philosophy as opposed to, again, magic, where you would get a set spoiled, it wouldn't even be out, and then they would be spoiling the next set. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what are these cards? Are these, oh, this is the set after this set? I haven't even bought this set yet. Yeah. So I have a feeling we're, we'll probably get some spoilers, uh, you know, at, at Adepticon maybe, or maybe a little bit, or maybe a little bit after and then uh, we probably won't see anything else new. I mean, getting released through the rest of this year. It's probably just going to be getting the Spectres and Thrawn and Bad Batch and, and everything we know about. Yeah. At least that's my guess. 
I would think so. I mean, we'll probably learn more. Like Adepticon, definitely, we should be learning more when that comes around. Because if I don't, you were not quite in the scene at that point in time. But last year at Adepticon, they had a lot of. Um, they had a whole show at the end of Adepticon where they went through all of the things that were coming for the next year, and that a lot of spoilers came out there. So there might be some new things getting spoiled at Adepticon. I mean, that's the biggest show, uh, you know, in the states. So they're definitely probably going to have something coming out there that to share with us and everything along those lines so no it'll be interesting i'm looking forward to it i know you and i are both going to be added up to con so we'll, we'll be excited to sit there and see all that that information and everything that they're going to be sharing with us i'm excited i've been uh itching to go to a con be just because i'm used to going to magic tournaments but uh uh again sorry if you like magic keep playing magic don't listen to me but like even their latest like tournament big tournaments big events haven't really been that appealing they've just gotten so expensive like you can't move without spending money it felt like so yeah no not 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 yeah i've kind of i i mean i kept on playing magic while i was in the in the miniature gaming community and but i just kind of went away from it it's not as it's not the same as it used to be when when we first started playing and everything. So very different now. Well, let's go ahead and jump into who we're looking at today. So we're going to look at the Luke box, the, the Luke with Leia Bosch um, and our bar two D two and Lando. So I'm pretty excited for this new Luke. Um, he's again, something new. We're going into galactic civil war era. So we're going to be looking at a lot of new things, but he isn't like, just like most of the other, Big primaries. He's a seven uh, squad point one with three, but he only has three fours instead of the typical four that we've seen, uh, which is interesting. But it definitely has. There, there's a reason behind why I think that is, and that's in his first ability that we'll get into. Um, but that's Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. He's a Force user, Jedi Rebel Alliance tags. He is a primary with eleven stamina and three durability. So, what do you think about him? Like just right off the cuff, like looking at his like the baseline stats. I mean, this this feels like Luke Skywalker in his prime. This is uh, he, he's clearly designed to be both the Luke Skywalker at the beginning of Return of the Jedi and the end of Return of the Jedi. Like he has abilities that are flavorful in both respects. So, I mean, this is the the Luke Skywalker standing before the Emperor and saying, no, I am a Jedi like my father before me. And he feels like it. It is. It is great. I feel like his design, just overall, looking at all the abilities, just just feels like a slam dunk. I mean, I, ha- I haven't I haven't done any testing. I know some people will, you know, will have already gotten on TTS and done some things there, but just reading his abilities, reading his stance cards, feels like a knock out of the park right away. Yeah, there's some really interesting abilities. I mean, it's the one thing I noticed with him, he doesn't have any type of abilities or within his card that immediately tie him to any given tag of any kind like there's no there's no synergies with rebel alliance that he has there's no synergies with jedi or force users that are tied to his card in general we might see some more as that comes down the pipe you know when we start getting more rebel alliance characters and things along those lines so he's going to be able to easily slot into most lists as like really what it comes down to you can really build around him very easily i think yes yes i absolutely agree and again i know i'm i'm the lore guy but it feels very flavorful because if you think about 
uh, Return of the Jedi. Even Luke was on the squad that went to Endor to destroy the shield generator. He ends up leaving and doing his own thing and going and facing Vader and the Emperor. So, again, just it feels like a win. It also feels like Luke Skywalker, uh, depending on whichever story, whichever, whichever canon or legends or both. Uh, Luke always helped the New Republic or the Galactic Alliance or or uh, the Resistance. Man, I was like, what do they call him in the sequel <laughs> trilogy? Uh, like he always helped, but he was never a part of of the structure after the battle of Hoth, he, he kind of just goes and does his own thing outside of what uh, more or less what the rebel Alliance is doing. So I feel like, yeah, no, it's good. I, I want Luke to be used a lot. Like it's, it's, it's Luke Skywalker. Come on, everybody. Like it, he was, he was the first Jedi for a lot of us, uh, little tykes growing up and you know, the green lightsaber, like, let's go. Yeah, no, he, he was definitely what started it all for, for pretty much like all of the, uh, our, us old school Star Wars fans and everything like that. I mean, to, just to show my age, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi in the theater. So it's it's definitely it's you know it, it definitely brings back some some good memories there. But no, so let's go ahead and jump into his ability. So he does have that on activation ability of Return of the Jedi. So at the start of his activation, basically he can jump and can refresh a force, and that's why I think he comes in with this the three force instead of the four because you're always going to be regenerating force with him, or refreshing force, I should say, with him. Looking at if you do use him on the Shatterpoint card, that's two refreshes every every uh, every order deck, basically. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of force. And uh, I remember when I first saw this card, I went, wait, seven squad points, three force? What's, what's going on here? Then you, you read this ability, and you're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you're definitely getting just like not even having to work for it, just automatically getting the force refresh, which is really nice. Um, you can either profit by this or be destroyed for a force. That's an interesting ability. So basically, you choose an active objective within two. So you definitely want to get him into the fight with this with this ability. He's going to have to be up there pretty close. But each enemy contesting that basically can either are a lot can make the decision to dash. And then one of the characters in this unit may dash towards the objective and make a five dice attack. It's a nice ability, but it's another one of those where you don't have, you're not making the choice your opponent is, and the opponent's going to make the best choice for them. Uh, I mean, because it could be something like that where they may still be able to dash, stay on the point, and stay out of melee range, depending. So it's one of those where. Is this going to? This isn't always going to work, and it's it's going to kind of hurt. It might not. You might be wasting force with this. I guess is probably the best way to put it, other than to get a dash out of it. Yeah, you're you're definitely want going to want to examine all the angles before using this ability because it's going to feel really bad if you end up. Uh, and, and I feel like I'm probably going to do this a few times where you're not going to pay quite enough attention. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to make you run away. They run away. You can't attack them, but they're still on the point. Yeah, that's not. Uh, you got to be you, you got to pay attention with this one. But that's that's OK. That's that's part of this game. Positioning is incredibly important. And and again, this is a super flavorful ability. Like I remember as a little kid, Luke Skywalker, just walking in by himself and we've already established that Jabba is a 
scary crime lord. Like we've seen what he's done to to Chewie, to Leia at this point. Uh, the droids aren't happy. Nobody's happy. And then Luke just strolls in there by himself and starts threatening him. Ah, great. I mean, great. To, to also, be I fair, want to see Jabba to be, run away. To be fair, though, <laughs> most teenage boys did not have a problem with what Jabba did to Leia. <laughs> they were like, uh, uh, it's, it's okay. She, yeah. it's a, you know, so I mean, what is... The biggest, hey, the biggest war crime in Star Wars is nothing Chopper did. It was Han Solo being blind for that entire part of the story. <laughs> that was that was pretty awful. Poor guy. <laughs> but I, so overall, I mean, like that is a great ability if you use it properly. But and but like I said, I don't like my opponent having the ability to sit there and decide what they're going to be doing with their character because. I mean, you, they might be able to put themselves in a much better position than and, and than that you want them to be in. So it's interesting. It'll be an it'll be very interesting, like what happens there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, so then he also does have two innate abilities, uh, not counting his normal um, tactical or his normal. Uh, main ability that he has deflect and i i will not fight you are those two we all know what deflect is already we've seen that quite a bit i do like that he has that ability though that if there is a a failure that during a attack or a ranged attack this the unit attacking unit suffers two damage so we've seen these before it's great to have those on the characters when we can have it on them yeah, yeah, and this is back to the the standard. You know, Jedi have deflect, uh, Sith have uh, repost. Yes. Is that how you say? It? I don't think I've ever said that word out loud. <laughs> anyway, uh, funny. I I do swords, and I've never said that out loud. But I don't do fencing. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, these um, uh, reactive abilities. React. These reactive abilities are just you know they're situational. That's I mean that's why they're called reactive. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they're going to be useful. Sometimes they're not. Uh, I will not fight you. I'm very intrigued about because it feels a little reminiscent of Count Dooku's ability. Uh, what was that one called? Uh, t what is it? Twice the twice the pride. No, not twice the, fall. the pride. No, no, the 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 other one. Surely, surely you can do better. The, the one that they errated before. Before it even started, because this is weird. Yeah, surely you can that, do that. Yeah, because it's weird that you have to pay the force when they're when he's targeted, and then after the attack is resolved, you get to find out if it was worth the force you spent. I mean, this is really strong, uh, two heels and a jump, and flavorful. But I wonder if it's gonna get a rat at or not, because it's kind of it kind of has the same feel bads as Dooku's, where you could spend the force, but then nothing might happen, and so they they changed it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they think this ability's stronger, so they left it alone. Maybe I, I don't. I don't think it's as much of a gamble as the the Dooku one, because the Dooku one, you basically the way it was written, you had to just guess: Do I spend one force? Do I spend two? Do I spend three? And if you, you know, and if you spent more, if you spent three and they only had one that you could convert, then it was a waste of force where this one, you're only spending one force and they're getting two recovers and a jump on, on a, a slightly less impactful gamble. Plus he's refreshing force on the start anyway. So I, I don't, 
I don't know if this I don't see this one getting errated just because it's not it's it's not as impactful like it's it's not as much of a tax against you as that ability that Dooku had. That is true. That is true. Dooku's ability could cost you a lot of force if you weren't sure. Yeah. yeah all right. All right. All right. I'm just, uh, I will say, even though I really like Luke's abilities, uh, I will, and, and he is clearly setting, setting himself up to be a pretty strong character that can slot into a lot of places, but uh, you got to pay attention. Don't just fire off all his abilities every time you activate them, just because you know you can get the force back later. Is all is all I'm saying. Like you gotta you gotta really think about his, his turn. His turn. Yeah, I mean, force economy always being what it is. You definitely you don't want to just spend your forces without thinking about it. You definitely want to use it effectively um, because it is a resource and it it is a, a finite resource depending on who else you're bringing in your squad. So you definitely don't want to sit there and just oh I'm going to use all of his abilities and then all of a sudden you're you're, you're without force and, and with two or three cards left in your in your order deck. So definitely need to be careful with that for sure um but uh, but overall i mean it's like we were saying that his active ability you're you're probably not going to use that every activation um it's it can be used quite frequently i but i'd be worried to to make sure that you are using it properly and actually effectively utilizing it when it matters the most Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely so his last ability is I am a Jedi like my father before me. This one is pretty cool because basically all it me all it happens with this one is when the card when his order card is in the order deck or in reserve, he's immune to expose. If it's not, he's immune to being pinned, which is amazing. Oh, it's uh, it's so good. Those are uh, I believe everyone agrees at this point, except in in specific situations. Pin and expose are the are the best conditions to get to get on units because uh, movement movement and positioning matters. And oh, taking away those expertise dice is phenomenal, especially on certain characters. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get this is kind of a you got to keep track of Luke a little more and like, oh, he has immunity to something. What is it right now? Mm-hmm. But I just think it's cool. I, I like uh, I like AMG has done such a good job of, of just using these iconic lines from mm-hmm. the movies and turning them into abilities that make sense. Like it, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. With, yeah, without a doubt. So looking at the overall their stance cards, there's, these ones are pretty interesting as well. So on his form five side, his Demso, basically if he gets the perfect dice roll, you're looking at, what is it? It's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He could do up to 11 damage with a perfect dice roll. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty not. Well, six, seven, eight, nine, plus, ten. Plus, Isn't it ten? Plus the expertise. Oh, oh, I see. I see. There's another damage. There's another damage on the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eleven damage. Nope, no joke. This, this is his heavy hitting side. Uh, I like to, I like to think of this side as that moment when Vader threatens Leia, and Luke just goes to town on him at the end of Return <laughs> of the Jedi. Like, nope, we are just taking you down, dude. That's what this side is for. Yep. No, definitely, definitely a good one. Um, I mean, he does, there's not as many um, conditions on here. You can, you're either going to get an expose or a pin when it splits and potentially a strain, but that's four and five down the tree. So 
going to be kind of rough to sit there and do that, but it's, this is just pretty much a straight damage and a little bit of movement. No shoves on this on this tree at all, though. Yeah, this is this is the side where Luke is already in position, and you need him to do a beatdown. Um, the reposition is nice. I mean, three three successes gets you a reposition. So I mean, that's that's pretty good. Like we kind of, we kind of average that most characters, uh, especially primaries get about three successes give or take a little bit. And yeah, yeah. The, this side, this side is the, I'm beating you down and you aren't going to be able to do anything about it because I'm Luke freaking Skywalker. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a pretty good one. Pretty good one. <laughs> Overall. I mean, his defensive expertise chart isn't too bad. It's got, you know, one to three gets you a block and reduces, a crit to a regular hit and then four plus gets you two blocks and reduces a crit to a hit. But yeah, no, this is a straight offensive side. I mean, you're not really, you're not really worried about the defensive here. I mean, you're only rolling five defensive dice ranged or melee, and this one has eight attack dice. um, And he does not have a ranged attack either, which we kind of expect with most, with most Jedi. Yep. Yep, it seems pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, you're definitely not going to want to leave him on this side if you're worried about him taking damage. But uh, I, I definitely feel like spoilers. You're probably going to be on the back side more often than the front side. But you're going to want to remember that this is the side that you want to be on when you're going to deal some damage. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to put somebody down, if you're trying to get that that momentum for for wounding somebody, this is definitely the side that you want to be on. But form three, Sorisu. This is probably, like you said, where most of the time you're going to be on. Granted, you're, you have six defensive dice. You only have seven attack dice. But I think the expertise chart on this one is a little bit better. You have a crit with one a six or one expertise. Two to three gives you two crits. And four plus gives you two crits and a jump. So this one's a lot better in comparison to on the form five side. One to two is giving you two just regular hits, not even or regular strikes, not even crits. Three gives you a crit and a strike, and then four plus gives you that crit, the strike, and the one damage. So, I think I like this this expertise chart a little bit better. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What what's our favorite thing in this game, everybody? It's, it's crit, one yeah. success. <laughs> well, yes, that, but also one success, shove. Two success, two shoves. Yep. Yeah, definitely like, on his yes, tree is amazing. Yes, please. Yeah, that's amazing oh, yeah. on his tree uh, where he, the first two has two shoves. So even if they have steadfast, you're pushing them at least once. Um, and it's two damage on his first one, three on his, on his uh, three damage total if you go two down the tree. Unless, of course, you're doing the recovers on the top side. So it's I like this tree. It's it's a, There's a little bit more going on, a lot of movement, a lot of recovers on here. I mean, you, there's a total of four recovers potentially if you if you really need to do some recover on on uh, anybody um a total of three shoves there is a disarm and a pin on here as well so there's a lot going on on this on this particular tree oh yeah oh yeah it's good and and if for some reason you need three shoves which i'm trying to figure out a scenario i guess steadfast and protection somebody right on top of a point but if you can get all the way down the tree there's even a there's even a secret third shove <laughs> so right. if you uh if you get lucky and you really need that many shoves well he's got you definitely does definitely does no so overall i mean i like luke i think he's going to see a lot of play but i think that's exactly what you would ex- you would want out of this particular character is that you would want to see him getting a lot of play seeing the table a lot he is 
again, the most iconic character to begin with outside of Vader. You know, he's the one who really, really started it all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, and don't forget on the uh, expertise, the defensive expertise is also better on this side too, which I makes sense. It's Sarisu, but uh, you know, one gets you a block and turns a crit to a hit. Two and three gives you two blocks, turns a crit to a hit. But if you manage to hit that four, it's still two blocks. But now you're turning a, a crit to a failure. Yeah. So not the not the best defensive expertise we've seen on any character, but solid. Yeah. So there a you little, go. A little bit better. A little bit better for sure. So, but yeah, I definitely we definitely do like it. Um. So let's go ahead and jump into Leia Organa, also known as Bosch in this one. So I'm pretty excited for this. This sculpt they did say is going to come with a couple of different things. Um, I believe it's going to come with or without the helmet, and I think with or without the thermal detonator, if I remember correctly. So a lot of different ways to to build the sculpt. So that's pretty exciting, I think, in, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Oh, and we forgot to mention, uh, same with Luke. You're, you're either going to be able to do uh, Tatooine Luke from the beginning of Return of the Jedi or a Throne Room Luke from the end of Return of the Jedi. So I, I think that's cool. Yeah, there, I think he has like a different tunic or something like that is really what it comes. So pretty cool, pretty cool. But I think like the 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 one the the differences that we get with the secondaries and the supports are pretty cool in this one. There, there's a little bit more. A little more to them, I think, than anything else. Um, but but Leia Organa here, she has a couple of different um, a couple of different keywords that that Luke didn't have. So she has bounty hunter. Again, she has rebel alliance. She also has scoundrel and spy. So and she is a secondary four squad points. She is a secondary with nine stamina, two durability, and like all of the rest, she is galactic civil war era. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to see what silly things people end up doing just because of the bounty hunter. And I assume once the Hondo box comes out, probably Scoundrel is going to start to matter. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fu- it's kind of fun to see that. Uh, and it makes sense. She's in disguise. The the whole spy thing, like it's great, but it's it's going to be fun to see where where Leia ends up. Because of all those tags. Yes, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think she's going to be able. She'll be able to slot into some different list than I think we're used to seeing her in. One thing I'm interested to see is where the spy tag goes because this is the first we've really seen it. We don't really know a whole lot that's going on with it, but it does end up having something impactful in the very first, um, her first ability, which is fan out. So at the start of this unit's activation. One character in this unit or another spy may reposition, so a full a full advance into somewhere. And this is global. There's no there's no restriction on where this is. So I kind of like this ability, but there's not a lot of spies to use it yet. Yeah, yeah. This is this is just more of that um, seeding seeding things in for later. Like uh, my word, I I never thought I would say this, but I really hope. We get either an Andor box or, or probably more likely we'll get like a Rogue One box. And yeah. then, I mean, just about just about everybody in that box is going to be a spy. So because uh, I, I assume with the popularity of the show and I mean, Rogue One, I think, is a is a fan fan favorite of most people. So because sure. it was it was a good it was just a good movie. Yes. And so I, I think we'll see more more spy action in the future. Yeah, I think so too. I think this is it's a keyword that we'll definitely be seeing in the future, and I think she's going to definitely fill into 
any list that has that just because this ability is so good. Um, so she does also have one active ability that's a low blow. So choose a character in this unit, an, an enemy character it is engaged with. You push the enemy character two away from the allied character, then push the chosen character two towards the enemy character. After all moves are resolved, this unit may make a focus action. And this costs two force. So a lot of displacement, a lot of movement going on with this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like that uh, there's so much positioning so far in this box. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many things you can do. But this one's this one is very strong because you get a focus action. Um, you get to, uh, of course, we know with those, push those pushes, you don't exactly have to go uh, one after the other. Like, you, you have that, that range of you're still going towards, but you can kind of position things interestingly. Yes. Um, plus... I mean, this this kind of reminds me a little bit. I, I mean, it's different, but it reminds me a little bit of like a, a force push. So it feels like it's going to be really strong because it's it's almost better than a force push because of all the little the, the other little details you get in it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a there's a lot going on with this. I like that it does have the focus, so it does give the extra dice once you do make the attack. So this is something you do. You're probably going to be doing primarily before you attack. You're going to use this ability and then get that focus and do your attacks. So yeah, there's a lot going on here. I mean, it's a push that's range two. So I mean, basically, it's that's usually that's triple the amount of range one because range one is like an inch, range two is three. So. A lot more movement with this push. Um, not as great as like as force push, but there's but there's a lot more going on with this. You are getting you're getting that focus out of it, and you're getting to move your character while you're moving their character. So I think there's I think there's a lot going on here. It'll be interesting to see how this goes gets played um, once it's on you know getting more mainstream use. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, and then so there is a reactive ability called fearless and inventive and this one does cost a force when a character in this unit makes a melee attack as part of the combat action before dice are rolled this unit may use this ability add two dice to the attack roll for each enemy character other than the target character that is not wounded and engaged with one or more character in this unit so this one is interesting because you like basically you're only adding the dice if they're engaged with two people yeah, this is this is one of those gonna be super situational. But I mean, we've we've seen in games for good or ill, you get in these weird positions where like you're you're in struggle two and three, you're rolling the same objective over and over and over because the force is not with you. And then slowly there starts to be this giant melee around that point because what's everybody trying to do? They're trying to get the bonus, the bonus points. And so I feel like there's going to be like one moment where this ability is going to be amazing. And then the rest of the time, I don't even know if you're going to use it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't see this one getting used very often. Um, Low blow probably will get used pretty frequently, uh, but Ooh, at yeah. two force, it's going to be a, also it's you're going to have to really watch your force economy with this one. Um, so yeah, there's some interesting things. She does also have one innate ability. I want fifty thousand, no less. So when a character in this unit wounds a primary unit, gain an additional momentum token unless it, the unit's controlling player spends a force. 
again, as happy as I am with her first couple abilities, and I think they're amazing, this is another one that's going to be super situational. It's it, it will be amazing if you get into the exact scenario where they are out of force, they've got a primary that already has damage on, on them, and then you get to hit them with this. But I don't I don't know how often that's going to happen. You're just going to be so excited when it does that you're going to be chasing that high till the next time. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be fair, secondaries normally are not attacking, attacking primary units. They're usually going after support. So this is rarely going to get used. It's a nice added bonus, and you don't have to sit there and pay for it because it's an innate ability. So there's no force required for this. It just happens, but it's not. I don't see it going off very often simply because... Leia Bosch is not going to be that she's not just not that going to be hitting that hard enough to really take those primaries down. I mean, and, and just go into that more looking at her over at her, her stance card. If she does the most damage she's going to do, she's doing, let's see, that is nine damage, which isn't going to one shot a primary. She could, I, I take that back 10, depending on where she goes on her, um, expertise chart because on our expertise chart um on the blaster side one to two gets you a crit three gets you a crit and a damage and then four plus gets you two crits and a damage so she's going to get damage there or if she's in melee one expertise gets you a damage two to three gives you a strike and a damage and then four plus gets you a crit and a damage so she could potentially get up to like 10 damage is, is, is about the highest, but that's not normally taking out a primary. No, no, this is, this is going to be one of those. Yes. I want to, uh, I want to set up a scenario just based on the circumstances of the field. Like maybe their primary is taking some early damage from a, from another attack. And then you happen to get Leia into position where she can then finish him off, which, which is cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's awesome. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to try and make this happen because the most likely scenario is that you just cost them a force. Yeah, like don't, don't, don't chase this. But if it happens, great. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and and she's only rolling six attack dice, whether it's ranged or melee. She can attack at range four. I mean, so she's not rolling a lot of dice. Fearless and Inventive is only in melee. It's not going to be happening very often that you're going to be adding the two dice with that one. So I just don't see it. What I do like is, man, the first, if you look at the, her top row, the first four is every condition in the game. She can do pin, then disarm, then strain, then expose. She is a a condition monster for sure and that's i just love that oh yeah oh yeah that's so what what you're using leia for is frankly to it's it's actually interesting because her abilities make you think that you should be using her to finish off a character but if you look at her tree she's the person softening them up before the the final blow like she she's making things as awkward as possible with uh low blow and then i mean her very first success is a pin so she so you're probably low blowing somebody back sticking them there with pin and and then if you need to shove them or just keep stacking more conditions on like that's that's what Leia's is going to be doing and i think i think it's going to work just fine i would like her her last two abilities just just treat them as bonuses 
because yeah. I think she's already good with her first two abilities and that's and that uh, tree. You, you you don't even you, it's just gravy at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's just dishing out conditions left and right. That that's really what you're using her for. I mean, even if you're just getting a pin and a disarm, sweet. Now you've pinned somebody, which is like we've already discussed. It's one of the top two conditions in the game for by most people's standards. She, if she doesn't knock the person out, then they disarm them and they're still in the order deck. Okay, now you don't get your expertise unless you go ahead and shake that. So I like it. I think she's overall great um, with those things. Her expertise for her defense isn't the greatest. She's rolling five defensive dice at range six in melee. One to two, she's getting one block. Three plus, she's getting a block and reducing a, a crit to a, a failure. So that's nice, but it's pretty just mad, I guess, overall for, for that. But having a reduction on a secondary is always nice too, though. Yeah, and and I kind of like, uh, you know, I'm going to keep leaning in the little lore. Le- Leia's always been like a tactical fighter. Like, you, you never think of Leia of like, like she's not Chewbacca ripping, ripping arms off of droids or anything, but she's the one who's like analyzing the battlefield and figuring out what you need to do and like that that's where Le- that's where Leia is so I feel like this this uh represents that part of you know that part of her character yeah without a doubt this is a very a very good character I mean and we are going to be getting another Leia in February as well because she's there's going to be another Leia in the Ewok box so it'll be interesting to see what she is because I think that one is a primary if I remember correctly yeah, I, I have a feeling there's probably going to be a lot of, uh, like, e- Ewok and Rebel Alliance synergies. Maybe, maybe. Uh, oh, wait, no, we got, didn't, didn't we get that spoiled? Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Never we, mind, everybody. We did get it spoiled. Well, yeah, there there is definitely some, because it is, it does have an indoor keyword. So there is definitely some different synergies there, which are really cool, uh, which we will definitely be talking about in a couple of weeks for sure. Um, so I, I remembered as I was talking about it, everybody. <laughs> Never mind. Move, move, move on. All right. So yeah, looking at the last, the last part of the box here, we have Lando and R two D two inside job. Of course, this is Bar two D two and Lando in his bounty hunter outfit. Uh, the they do have the keywords of Rebel Alliance, Scoundrel, and Spy, Galactic Civil War. They are a three point cost, zero uh, four support unit with seven stamina, two durability. I do like these. I mean, everybody likes Bar 2 D2, of course, though. So that's that's the big key there is that we do have Bar 2 D2. And they do have a another interesting ability to start with with Mingle for one force. Each character in this unit can dash. If there is no enemy characters within range three, they can advance instead. Yeah, I like I like this because it feels like it's going to be very good early on because you're going to be able to get them into better positions. Uh, I mean, remember, be careful. Don't send your supporting characters into Doom in the first couple of turns. But their first activation, you should be able to, to get them wherever you're going to want them to be, just just because of that advance. Yeah, I mean, the do- basically a double movement for one, like one force, you get to double move. Really nice, really nice for sure. Um, there are two reactive abilities, element of surprise for a force. When this unit makes a combat action before dice are rolled, it may use this ability. Characters add two dice to each attack 
roll made as part of the combat action after each attack is resolved if the attack contains two or more failures this unit gains exposed yeah this is uh, again and and i like because this box is very much feeling like you are infiltrating a crime lord's domain Mm -hmm. but this is another very situational one like you're gonna you're gonna hope that you get to to have your cake and eat it too because we know how good expose is and, and you are rolling the dice twice on whether or not you're going to get exposed. <laughs> but but it feels like it's worth it. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and what happens if you get exposed the first attack and then the second attack you get exposed again so you put this damage on yourself because of it? It's like, man, you're really hurting yourself to sit there and roll some extra dice. I, I Yeah, I don't, I don't know how often this is going to get used. I'm sure it's going to get used by plenty of people from time to time, but competitively speaking like you're not i don't know how much you're going to want to risk putting damage on yourself yeah i i have a feeling uh you know jumping ahead a little bit and looking at the stance card it does feel a little bit like this particular unit stance card was built with this in mind Mm -hmm. because it feels like you you do get some heals in there that you can take advantage of to maybe uh mitigate this but yeah, I don't. I don't think. You, I don't think you should just be pulling this card and then using this ability every time. This is another one of those. Think about it before you use it. Definitely, definitely. Um, and the other uh, reactive ability is forward planning. When an allied primary unit within four or an allied secondary within four starts its activation, this unit may use this ability. The activating character may remove one special condition, and there's no force on this one as long as they are not injured or wounded. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like this ability because this kind of feels like that moment when uh, R2 comes up to the top and then shoots the lightsaber over to Luke, and everybody's like, what's happening? And so I, I think that's cool. I think it's it's nifty. I I after playing with Sabotage Showdown though, I really just kind of wish that these abilities that said uh like remove a condition just said heal instead. Because yeah. heals stronger, but on the other hand, this one you know, you you get you get a more efficacy because it's got a bigger it's got a bigger bubble to work with mm-hmm. so i i don't know i just i just kind of wish that we didn't have both heal and remove a condition from itself yeah. like eh, but that's that's just me being nitpicky i i understand they wanted the rules of heal to be very specific and then they're also adding this other component so that we have more options for abilities so ignore me, everybody. I'm just nitpicking. I just wish she had one mechanic so I didn't have to remember. <laughs> no, I mean, and I, but I do like this one. I mean, because especially what is something that you're really wanting to do to your the primaries and the secondary units? You're wanting to pin them so that they can't sit there and come back. This removing the pin without having to sit there and use a recover action to remove it and shake that condition is pretty nice. I mean, so... I think this is. I think this will be used quite a bit, depending on you know how people are playing against you and things along those lines. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a it's a great ability. I, I'm I'm nitpicking a minor detail. Everyone, ignore me. This this ability <laughs> this ability is very good. Like I think out of all of the reactive abilities that we've talked about in this episode, this is probably the one that you're going to use the most. I would say because it it seems like the most useful and. It, it gives you this uh, this sense of you're moving up your supports, mm-hmm. you know, behind your primaries who have hopefully uh, and secondaries who have hopefully gone before them, maybe taken a few hits, and and now you're like, cool. You put strain on this on this thing that's three away from from getting uh you know getting wounded. Not anymore. Yeah. Like, deal, deal. Yeah, very nice. Um, but one thing I, I do like this last ability, this innate ability that they have, the clever disguises. While this unit's order card is in the order deck or in reserve, characters in this unit can't be targeted by ranged attack. So that's pretty cool. Yes, I love I love this because, uh, and this is this is kind of me assuming Happy Magic Christmas Land, where your your reserve deck is being nice to you, but. You can do some stuff with Leia's reposition. Get these, get move these guys up, you know, before the start of their activation, and then now they're safe from ranged attacks. You know, as long, long as you're not fighting against somebody like Darth Maul or Asajj, you're like, I don't care about that. I'm gonna move across the entire board and hit you. But usually in the the early stages of the game, you're your supporting characters are getting hit with ranged attacks because you should be keeping them back a little bit. And this says, uh-uh, nope, you you got to get in a melee with them. So, neener, neener. Yep. No, without a doubt. So, I mean, it's like I said, overall, I like the abilities that this one comes with. Very interesting. They do have um, just, of course, their stance card is a little lackluster, but we kind of expect that when it comes to support units. It's nothing going to be nothing super exciting. But, I mean, overall, for a support, it's actually not that bad. They have a range 4 um, attack with 5 dice. They, their melee is 6. And then 5 dice across the board for ranged and melee defense. So not too bad. Their expertise chart, again, is okay. 1 to 2, they get a damage. 3, they get a strike and a damage. And then 4 plus, they get a crit, a strike, and a damage. And that's for range. Melee exactly the same one to two is getting a strike three is a strike and a damage four plus is the crit strike damage but one thing that they do get i do like overall their defense expertise one gets a block two gets a block and reduces a crit to a hit and three plus gets two blocks and reduces a crit to a hit or a crit to a strike so i do like their, their their defensive expertise that's pretty solid yeah, and and again, I like I like the feel of the card. They call they call that slippery. Yep. And yeah, that's that's what I expect. This is very good. Plus plus look at that look at that tree. There's a push and a pin. Yes. And you just need three successes to get a push and a pin. Yes. Like that's uh it's great. It's great. These this this feels like Lando and R2 on uh Jabba Sail Barge. Doing all the shenanigans to keep to to keep everybody off, you know, off of uh, Luke while he's going to town with his lightsaber. Like, very nice. Very yeah, nice. very good. I do like it. Uh, there's a lot of recovers on this one again as well. There's uh, potentially th- up to three recovers. Um, like you said, there is a, pu- a shove and a pin. Uh, you can also do a disarm in there or just a regular advance. Or, I'm sorry, uh, 
medium or a small move. So there's a lot of different things going on here. You're not going to be knocking anybody out with this. At, at most, you're going to be doing looks like seven damage or eight with the expertise. So not a whole lot going on there. Um, but it is overall, I think, a pretty decent, pretty decent uh, card for a support. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And hey, Lando brought the drinks with him. Lando's ready to party. We're, we're, we're good to go. Of course. I mean, he's got Colt 45 right there with uh, on land on, on bar 2D2 because that's that's what he, he he's always, he was a Colt 45 drink. We know that. <laughs> See, so we're ready to go. Ready to go. <laughs> but yeah, no. So overall, that is the 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 Luke box. It is a I think it's going to be seeing a lot of play. Um, there's a, a lot of hype around it. Me personally, I'll be playing the next one probably a little bit more than the one that we've uh, th- that we talked about today. Is that, that is definitely going to be the Vader box because I'm all about the Sithness. Uh, but yeah, no, it's I like this box. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy playing it, and I think it's going to live up to the hype that it should be having for being the Return of the Jedi Luke. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I am definitely getting this box. I want to play it. It looks like it's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, Galactic Republic, uh, you, you haven't shown me the power of the light side, but maybe the, uh, the son of the chosen one will, uh, will live up to my expectations and we'll get a, we'll get a win for the heroes. Huh? How about that? So you're saying that Luke and the rebel Alliance will redeem them. Is that what you're saying? Oh well, I'm I'm just saying that it's you know it's gonna be the return of the Jedi. That's all. That's all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I do as always want to thank all of our listeners for listening. Um, if anyone is wondering who is watching on YouTube, we use a uh, Statterpoint database for all of the cards and all of the information that we we're showing on on uh, the recording here. But as always, thanks for listening. If you want to help support the channel, definitely go ahead and rate, review the podcast on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and like, subscribe, ring that bell for any additional content whenever that comes out. But as always, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.